The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful, sexy, steamy Studio City, California, this is the Knapsack Files, and I'm Kat Knapsack, coming to you from the future, or at least on technology. That's right, kids, I've updated, and this is my first ever show on the Knapsack Files, recorded only on Skype, as we're broadcasting from Studio City, California, and technically, Iowa, with my guest, a managing editor, uh, editor of the uh, Schmoes No website and a lot of other things, and one of my favorite people in the Schmoville universe that I've uh, got to know over the last year from a distance uh, in Iowa is Mr. Alex Welsh. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, sir. Now, I, full disclosure, you, uh, you, I've been on some of your podcasts before, the Night's Watch podcast and uh, the, the mm-hmm. one about movies. What, what, what is that one again? Give that one a shout out. It is the Cinema Minds movie podcast. I've been on a bit of a hiatus, and I'm returning this week. So, That's good. Yeah. Hey, trust me. This is actually my the Knapsack Files has been on a little hiatus as well. So things have kind of you know life takes life takes its uh, <laughs> life takes it take you in different directions. But I've uh, been on the podcast with you, and we've uh, never been in the same room when we're doing the podcast. And I mm-hmm. finally one day emailed Jared, messaged you, and was like, "Look, kid." You need to teach this old guy how to record shows over the Skype machine. And you were like, here's how you do it, idiot old guy. It takes about two seconds, and that's what we're doing here now. So first of all, thank you, Mr. Welsh. Uh, no problem, sir. Well, uh, I mean, it's the least I can do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you work uh, really hard for the Schmoes No website, and, and you came out this past year for a little visit. I remember you brought some cookies or donuts and some taste treats for me that I uh, my diet didn't allow me to have. And, <laughs> and I'll start this off by saying I was shocked later on to find out after, after hanging with you that day and, of course, dealing with you on some of the business on Schmoes No, um, how young you were. <laughs> yeah, you're not the you're not the only person. Yeah, to now, be now what what are you what are you up to now? Fourteen, fifteen? No, eighteen, right? Uh, seventeen, eighteen in February. Get out of here! You're even younger than I thought. <laughs> and I say that with a lot of I, I don't mean to make light of it because uh, in being around you during that time, I would have pegged you for twenty three. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! And in you. fact, when Mark Riley told me you weren't, I, I had to do the whole you know squeeze me baking soda come again like w- 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 it was a teenager. I was just talking to a teenager. So uh, <laughs> kudos to you for having some sort of aura of maturity. Ah uh, well, thank you, sir. I <laughs> it has not helped me in my social life with other kids my age, but it works out now for some reason. Are you an old soul? Is that what it is? Uh yeah, definitely. I mean, there was times when kids were like, "Hey, you want to do donuts in an icy park?" lot. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'd rather like to stay home and watch a movie. That sounds good to me. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but it, that, and 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 I'm like that too myself. And that's what I was like in high school. Uh, on a Friday night, I'd be in my room studying baseball stats and Star Wars mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so for you, and I can tell you right now, it's a long, painful road ahead of you. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually one of the reasons I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show. I do want to get into movies and, and what you do for Schmothno.com and all that and where you want to go. But usually so much uh, of my discussions on the show are about very serious topics about depression and, and, and trying to succeed in, in mm-hmm. your certain line of work. And I know you, you've listened to some of the shows, which I thank you for, sir. Um, but it's always to- told from the perspective of older folks, uh, and though at 38, I 
I don't consider myself an old, old fogey, but I'm definitely getting up there and times are slipping away. But it's always from that perce- per- perception and that vantage point. But here I have a young whippersnapper with his future all in front of him, and that's intriguing to me. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know, sir, how – how, how are you? <laughs> first time I've ever been called a whippersnapper. <laughs> you are, yeah, a whippersnapper. Now here, have this Werther's original candy, and you'll be be happy. I want to know. This is a <laughs> wide open question, Alex. I want to know, as someone now in 2014, 17, going on 18 here in 2015, how do you look to the future? How do you look to build your career? What is your career choice? This is a wide open question that the high school counselors ask you. But I want to know, man, where are you going from here? Um, hopefully to Hollywood. Um, I am, uh, currently working on my second screenplay. I'm going to finish it up soon. Mm -hmm. Um, my dream would be to write and direct movies. That would be my dream. (laughs) Um, that's where I hope to go. So, Uh, I mean, yeah. Which is a great goal. It's what I had around your age too. Um, I started radio at uh, 18, uh, but around the same time was going to film school and everything to try to learn how to be a director. I, I, and, it, and it changed. And that's an interesting thing to, to let you know. Believe me, your goals will change. But I want to know how in this day and age, is do you mm-hmm. feel – I don't look, I don't feel it's any easier to, quote, succeed and whatever your definition of success is could, could change, would it be money, fame or whatever, uh, fame not being the true definition of it. But – Back when I was your age, I didn't have I didn't have, this guy sounds old. I didn't have the Twitter. I didn't have all that. But I was in radio. I was a professional. I had a radio job at eighteen, but we couldn't <laughs> we, we couldn't get our word out. It was the people mm-hmm. in our town. I didn't have Twitter. I didn't yeah. have iHeartRadio. So I look back now. God, if I had had half that technology back then, things might have been different. Do you? So how do you how are you looking to approach your career with all this avenue of technology in front of you? I mean, I will say if I didn't have Final Draft or screenwriting softwares, I don't think I'd be writing a screenplay for a long time. Those things are lifesavers um, because they basically do all the hard work for you. Um, but, I mean, it's it, – I don't know. If it, is, it, is it easier? Is it harder? I think it's a little bit of both. Right. Um, I think it is easier because you have so many ways to just shoot stuff on your own now right and you have so much you have so many ways to just write stuff on your own now but i also think it's harder because now, now there's so many people who are touching on to that fact and there's so many more there's so much more competition i think now than there was um mm-hmm. so i mean that's the way i see it you always you always are like happy thank god i have this but also man it's a bummer everybody else has it too like that sort of a thing. Well, yeah, because you could shoot a movie on your iPhone now. That you know, back in back in my day, I'm sorry, I'm never, I'm not going to get over myself saying that here in this interview. I apologize. But back in my day, it's yeah, fine. you know, video production. When I was taking that, you know, we had a camera on your shoulder and it was attached to a separate VCR. Uh, you know, and that was at least it was video. Twenty years prior, you you were cutting film, and film's expensive. So now you you do have the t- technology. What I think it comes down to. What it comes down to is, is approach and discipline and, and the professional nature in which you're going to approach this stuff. You're working, mm-hmm. and you've got a pretty damn good work ethic, I think, because you work your ass off writing for the Schmoes No website. How's that always been the case? You said you're an old soul. When, when did you develop those skills? Um, uh, all right, I'll address this two ways. Um, um, <laughs> I've always, I've, I've, when it comes to work ethic, um, I have to be motivated to do it. 
Mm. Um, like I've always my big, I've always said if I could change one thing about myself, it would be that I would get rid of my procrastination nature. Um, that just might mean mean you're a writer. Yeah, that's true. I've I've like there's been moments where I've like, mom, you have to can you like drop me off an hour late to school because I I'm not done with this project. Worked at waking up at three thirty in the morning and finishing it and that sort of stuff. Um, and that's always been something. Work at that. I mean, with Schmoes, I just see it as something that I like to do a lot. I like the community a lot. I I love the brand a lot, and I you know. I, I like the people I talk to and work with a lot. Um, and it's given me a lot of opportunities I didn't have before. Um, I would never have really met you, Mr. Knapsack. I would never have met uh, my editor-in-chief and my good friend, Mr. Mark Riley. Right. Um, so all that sort of stuff is – I'm always just motivated thinking, you know, you always – you all like nobody goes out to Hollywood right away and does exactly what they want to do the minute they graduate college, high school, anything like that. I think it always there's always an interim period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always had the mindset of I need to have something that I can do um, in that period. Uh, and, and and I knew it had to do with writing because I've loved writing mm-hmm. my whole life probably. Um, and I remember writing essays in first grade and being one of the only kids who liked doing it. In first grade, um, yeah. And I sort of, yeah, first grade. I mean, I, I like it's funny. I there was this teacher I had in seventh grade. I've always been really bad with grammar. <laughs> um, even even again, you're a writer on, on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've never liked the idea of breaking down writing to to part participles and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and he literally wrote on one of my term papers, Alex, you could be a great writer if you just worked on your grammar. <laughs> he wrote it in purple pen. I'll never forget it. Um, well, see, so now, I, if, if, yeah. you, if you get posed that again, Alex, you say what I say because I'm not the greatest with grammar. I write like people speak is what I say. But I also say uh, I am a writer. That's why I need an editor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I and Schmoes has helped me a lot. Writing for Schmoes, I've seen myself here a lot better mm-hmm. with my stuff um, in just the past year that I've been – yeah, it's about it's, – it's a year now that I've been writing for the site. Um, mm. I think I was submitting my, my – my, uh, my Citizen Kane article to Mr. Mark Riley about a year ago now. So here here you are, basically 16 going on 17 at the time, submitting a Citizen Kane article to to a movie blog and a movie website. What kind of kid does that, man? I'm I'm impressed. (laughs) But at what point did you realize, uh, I might be a little different from the rest. I'm here in my room writing about Citizen Kane, which also meant I watch Citizen Kane. (laughs) Have you always been like that? Um, I mean, I had a pretty, I had a childhood that was a lot different than, than everybody else's. Um, I went through a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people don't go through until later in life. And, mm. and so, and I, and, and I, I, my first midnight movie I went to when I was five years old, um, it was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I remember going into the parking lot, being freaked out by the giant spiders and snakes in the movie, because those are my two greatest fears. Um, <laughs> And then I remember pulling out of the uh, pulling out of the parking lot in my my Carmike theater in in uh, Apple Valley, Minnesota, and and saying to my mom, I want to direct movies. Um, so it's always, I've always loved movies. Um, I've started I started seeking like I ever I th- I've always watched movies, but I've always watched like current movies 
until about, I don't know, three or four years ago when I actually started seeking out movies, like actively seeking out Casablanca, Rear Window, To Catch a Thief, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, and I watched Citizen Kane like middle of last year and it was fresh in my mind and I was thinking about all the stuff that Orson Welles had done with it and, and all the, and I needed to sort of understand it completely too. So I used that, 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 um, resume kind of because i didn't have a resume at the time it was just a here's what i can do i hope you like it i analyzed citizen kane from beginning to end for riley and i just sent it to him You're, you remind me of uh the uh the movie almost famous you're william miller man you're, you're writing for rolling stone on tour with uh stillwater at 15 that's what you're doing for us thank you, and I, <laughs> thank you. I feel like lester bang's going man you know, the only currency we have in life is, is your friends man and i ain't cool i'm always home alone call me um so good <laughs> it is a great movie one of my uh one of my top five movies or top 10 uh, movies whatever that list we did on your show I, you know yeah, I, your cinema minds podcast i i gotta admit we did the uh romantic comedies we were just romantic movies um, top ten list, and with some uh, after I got off uh, the the podcast with you, I had like five more. I'm like, ah, I needed to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it was hard. I was hard narrowing it down to fifteen, yeah. five honorable mentions, and ten we'll real ones. We'll so yeah, talk I get about it. that. Um, so you're out there now in Iowa, right? But you said you started in Minnesota. Yeah, I started in Minnesota. Um, lived there until I was. 10 um and my mom got a job transfer mm. to uh, uh to i mean my, my parents got divorced when i was five and i've been living with my mom ever since um and and who's like the best person i've ever known <laughs> um sure. and and she she uh she got a job transfer out here and it's funny you, you you asked me when was the moment when I realized I was different from other kids. Yeah. Um, probably when I moved out here. I moved out here in fifth grade. Right. In sixth grade, which I call the grade when when innocence starts to slowly yep. uh, fall away, uh, kids start to become mean. That was when I started because I because then like our house got it was like a huge flood in my town the year I moved here so like our house got flooded so then we had to move to like a really country town the next year oh wow and I had to live there for a year where like you know football was if you didn't play football you might as well just like fade away into the background which is what I did <laughs> um, oh you just faded away you, you didn't start you didn't try out for quarterback you just faded. No, I never I never wanted to do sports. The only sport I ever really had an interest in playing was baseball. Um and, and Quidditch, I think, right? I think <laughs> Oh, if only. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Um no. I the only the only thing I ever really had an interest in playing was baseball and I played it one year and I just didn't like it because I didn't like the competitiveness of it. I liked playing it recreationally like the kids in the sandlot. Um right. I liked the fun of baseball. I went to the Metrodome and saw the Twins play. I don't countless times when I was a kid. Gotcha. Um, back when the back when the Twins still played at the Metrodome. Yeah. Um, and I got like Tory Hunter to sign a hat when he was still playing there and that sort of stuff. Um, and it was just it was I and baseball was the only one I ever had interest in. I played and I got like halfway through the season. I was like, I just don't like this. Because I was all, I also got stuck on the worst team for a kid playing his first season of baseball to get stuck on. Yeah, where it was all of the athletes in my grade. Yeah, I, I my and seventh grade team. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. not fun. Um, so I was, I, I told my, I told my mom, I was like, I just, I like playing recreationally. I don't like. 
which is totally fine. But now you got to find your Doing way. It. Yeah, yeah, you got to find your way in. Yeah. What, what part? Waverly, Ireland is that Iowa? I said Ireland. Waverly. Yeah, Iowa. Waverly. Now my only Iowa. my only frame of reference, Iowa. Yeah. My my dad was uh, he was born out of the country, but he was raised in Fort Dodge, Iowa. How far are you from? Fort oh Dodge? yeah, oh, three out, three four hours, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to trash on Iowa. It's got some nice things. It's got Field of Dreams. It's it's, yeah. it's got some nice. Um, in fact, but got, I mean, you, it's you just got, you got a chance to I, I, cover Field of Dreams down over there at the uh, at the anniversary, right? Yeah, uh, it was the 25th anniversary of the movie, and they had this huge event, and I got to go as press, and Kevin Costner was there, Dwyer Brown was there, Timothy Busfield was there. Um, and it was, and they did like a Q&A, and like Bob Costas was there and did a Q&A and stuff, and I got to interview him the next day. And then like the first night, they put a huge like drive-in movie screen on the field, um, mm. and Kevin Costner came out onto the field with his family. And you watch the movie on the field itself with the corn in the background and then the field behind you. Um, and then the next day, all the cast members and then some other celebrities did a baseball game on the field. I would have I would have paid for those three days, man. I would have paid for that. That's great. Yeah, I man. I mean, I, 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 uh, Dwyer Brown kept walking around with the mitt from the movie that, that Kevin Costner's dad has. And it was That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Let me ask you this question out there in Iowa, and, I, and I'm not disparaging. Again, my dad was raised there, so uh, I, I do not disparage the flyover states, as it's uh, uh, condescendingly called sometimes. But you're out there, and you're fascinated with movies, and you and you look to Hollywood or New York. From this distance, I'm very curious. At your age, it's different because I was born and raised out here. I was born uh, in Orange mm-hmm. County, raised two hours north, so Hollywood was this thing down the street, basically. Um, but for you out there, I, I, the perspective of it's got to be a little different growing up. So how do you view it? And do you really view this as a promised land? You got to get out here. How you, how you look at it? Yeah, it's totally the promised land. Uh, um, I, this summer was actually the first time I, I'd ever been to California. Right. Um, my brother, my brother lives out there now. He lives because he wants to make movies too. And he lives out in Long Beach right now. Okay. Um, and I, I have to come and visit him this summer as well as go to the podcast and go to the observatory and all that sort of stuff. But it is, it's, you know, if there's one thing Iowa's not the best for, it's not the best for a kid who lives and breathes movies. Right. Um, because you don't get the sort of stuff that LA gets and you, and yeah. I, I drove like five hours into Minnesota to see Birdman this year um, oh, wow, because I just yeah. trying to miss that movie. Well, yeah, um, yeah. no, totally. Look, I, again, even though I grew to grew up two and a half hours away in Pismo Beach, um, yeah, we get might get the movies at the same time, but it's still it's still just far enough away. This town is this town. This is where you got to go. It's why the uh, uh, the book um, every, writing movies for fun and profit by uh, Robert Benton Grant and Thomas Lennon, the guys from Reno Nine One One. That's a, one of the best screenwriting books. Ugh. Yeah, and the first the first page is like the first thing I got to do: move to L.A. This is where yeah, the work yeah, is. This is where the business is. So I guess when you move in LA, kid. Um, when I graduate, so May or June of next year, I'm coming out. Formulate that plan, man. That's that's totally uh, totally what you got to do. But so yeah, so so again, you so you definitely you look to the you look to the sunset, huh? Out in the west, you look. That's the place I want to go. And uh, I love that perspective. I, I get. I take for granted being out here in California. 
Uh, look, you've been here already. It ain't it ain't glamorous, kid. You got these daddy streets and uh, <laughs> the hookers yeah. don't look like Julia Roberts. But uh, <laughs> it definitely is where it's gonna go. So how how at your age? This is I'm trying to take myself back, man. When I had all the uh, all the world in front of me. And I too, you mentioned sixth grade as the year innocence dies. I, I totally agree with that because sixth grade was the first time I dealt with depression, and sixth grade was the first time the world kind of opens up. Same, yeah. yeah. It kind of feelings everything. You start becoming that tiny human you're gonna be, and that was definitely a year for me. That was 1987. I also saw that's ground zero for pop culture for me. In 1986. I knew Star Wars, but 1987, I knew that George Lucas directed it. Uh, yeah. So everything kind of starts there. That's that age, that 11, 12, 13 age group. So um, with that kind of uh, – you start from there. How do you look – How I, I, I'm so curious to get into your brain now and be – because I want to get in my brain back then and be like, here's what you got to do. Uh, how, is it daunting looking out? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd lie if it wasn't daunting. Sure. Um, it's terrifying. Um, you know, you watch interviews with your favorite directors, and you're like, oh, it just happened. Uh, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. You're like, well, that's great. That's just, that's just the best advice possible. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you go back and you're like, Spielberg, Strasesi, Milius, all of them came out of the same year of college because Hollywood decided, oh, we want new directors. And it's like, well, that's a nice break. Um, so like all that yeah. sort of, it's daunting. It's, it's daunting. I, I, you know, I, I get in cold sweats about it sometimes. I'm like, I don't know what that, what I'm going to do. Um, but like, do you get excited? Then, then, do you get excited at all though too? Is that there? Oh, I'm totally counting down the days, dude, until, <laughs> until I'm out there. I'm that's until, that's until what I, I wanted like to hear. In and out once a week. Yeah. And I can go to like, I can go see an indie movie whenever I want. Like that sort of stuff. I'm counting down the days towards, um, and the work. And, uh, I, I, yeah. And, 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 but you got to be excited by the by rolling up your sleeves and and getting into the into your career then, right? Yeah, I've, I, maybe it's movies, maybe it's movies, maybe it's movies that almost famous that ruined it for me. I love the idea of living in a small apartment in California and just working my working working as hard as I can until I make it. Um, well, well, I guarantee you I, will I've be in a small apartment. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most likely. That, that I can guarantee, but yes, yeah, so you've got that. That's great, and you know, the, look at it, it is out in front of you, and that's that's what you gotta you gotta really seize that day, man, it, it, and and roll up your sleeves, get to work, and know that thirty ain't old, and so you can party and have all the fun you want when you're thirty. Roll up your sleeves and start working once you hit the town, and you'll be better off for it. Not that you can't have fun nights, and you will have fun nights out here if you're close to the Schmoes family, but um, we'll keep Makuga away from you. Um, <laughs> But that's a great per- perception uh, ha- ha- to have, and I'm excited for you. But what do you? Uh, how do you? How do you deal with? Um, have you? Have you? Do you have? Do you have contingency plans? You going all in? How are you, you jumping out here with no parachute? What are you going to do? Um, well, I mean, another. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have some. I have some contingency mm-hmm. ideas in my head. The last thing I want to do is be a waiter. I uh, decided um, because I wouldn't be good at it, and B, I don't want to. Mm. Um, but I mean, I think I think I wouldn't mind having like an office job at a studio or or, or or just something in the field of entertainment, whether it be PA, whether it be anything like that. I'm I'm just gonna look for the opportunities I can get when they present themselves to me, and well, I know you're and gonna... just take it for what it is. 
I know you're going to do well, and, and hopefully as the Schmoes brand grows, we can bring you in more into that too, and uh, and do uh, do the uh, do the good things. Oh, JTE's calling me right now. The Schmoes family, it never ends here, man. <laughs> never ends here. So. Um, Let's talk some movies, man, because you're a movie fan, and despite some oh, of my yeah. reputation schmoes, no, I actually am a fan of movies, uh, some of them at least. Um, you mentioned, I know you're a big fan of Harry Potter and on that whole fandom. Um, oh, what, what are some yes. of the thing, What are some of the things that move you? Um, it's funny. By the way, I watched Shop Girl for the first time last week because you recommended it so much. Yeah. Oh, well, let's start there. How did how, how, you like Shop Girl? Uh, I'm a huge Claire Danes and Jason Schwartzman fan, so gotcha. <laughs> uh, I loved it for that. It was a, I, I not, I'm not going to lie. I was uncomfortable whenever Claire Danes and Steve Martin made out. I was <laughs> really uncomfortable, um, but it was good. I, I loved I loved the ending, and I loved I loved all of Jason Schwartzman stuff. Yeah. I'm just a huge fan of the guy, and anytime he popped up, I was like, yes, love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, that's you, you know, and I, when I first saw that movie. The Schwartzman character totally resonated with me because I was uh, closer to that age, and now that I'm closer to the Steve Martin character, maybe not necessarily in age, but uh, definitely in uh, the way he lives his life, uh, the way the wall around his heart is. Um, yeah, this, I, I love hearing the young man's uh, look at that. You know, like yeah, that Schwartzman kid, man, all he gets all gussied up and grows up. So that that's good for you. That's good. Yeah, and I have last. The Mohicans recorded and ready to watch too. Oh, you haven't so, seen that yet either. I'm ticking right? off your recommendations. That makes me nervous, man, because I don't know if you know if I want you to follow my footsteps. It's a dark, dark world to get into my head, man. I, I, want, I want you to go maybe the way of uh, you know, a happy go lucky guy. <laughs> oh, man, I'm happy go lucky. He's never been my style. Uh, so you're gonna do well out here, kid. You gotta do well. So, so let's <laughs> let, let's talk Harry Potter fandom. Let, let's talk the big things that get you going to movies, man. What, what grabbed you first? Uh, when it comes to Harry Potter, I, I grew up reading them. Um, my okay. I was born the year the first book came out, um, so I'm literally like right in the cusp of the Harry Potter generation. Um, and I just, you know, my mom tells the story. She didn't want to read it at first because in Minnesota, it was really weird. Across the street, my I lived in a nice suburb in Minnesota. I'm a suburb guy. Gotcha. Um, across the street from us, though, there was, like, really creepy people who had, like, a cauldron in their front yard. And, like, grass that they, yeah, grass that they never mowed. And, like, a, a, like a satanic star in the window and stuff. <laughs> it was creepy. They named their kid Merlin. It was weird, dude. Whoa. Um so my mom, so my mom did not want to read a book about witches and wizards at first, um, and then my brother's like second grade teacher, I think, started reading it to the class, and and he brought it home, and she was like, okay, I'll try to read it since you're already reading it, and so she read it and fell in love with it, hmm. and and so she started reading it to all of us. Um, I remember the only movie I did, the only Harry Potter movie I didn't see at midnight was the first one because I was four when it came out. And, but I did see it in theaters. I just had to leave during the dark forest scene because I was too freaked out. But by five, Um, you were good to go. You're sitting there at midnight. Oh, by five, I was totally good to go, man. Ah. Um, I just, I loved them. I mean, I, I, it's funny. The theater near my house is doing a replay of all eight movies every week now. And I've been going to see every single one of them because, and it's. Hmm. I appreciate them more and more. Like it's funny you you said that thing about like um, 
86 you knew star wars 87 you knew blue just directed it when i was growing up harry potter was just harry potter in my mind like it was just it's a part of my life um i've read the books countless times um i've seen the movies more times than i care to admit and like but then when I started getting older, I started realizing some of the amazing passages and some of the amazing quotes in the movies and in the books. And, and I started to analyze it more. And I remember we went on this road trip to Washington, D.C. one year. And I just binged the books for the entire road trip and then watched the movies concurrently. Yeah. Um, and sixth grade, the year that I did not have fun, um, I read all the books again. And... All that sort of stuff. I just, I, I love it. It's, it, it's the, it's the, you know, do. <laughs> it is not, it, it is not wise to dwell on dreams and forget to live, like that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. Of course, it's happening in your head, Harry. But why on earth does that mean it is not real? Like that sort of stuff. I just, I'm a, I'm. You like my epic. friend George McCann. He always, we always. Uh, I love epics and I love grandiose metaphors yeah. and themes, and you can tell in my writing yeah. sometimes to a fault. And like, and you know, nowadays I, I watch coming of age movies. I think every day, um, and yeah. romance movies every day. I mean, I was having this conversation with 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 George a few days ago, and I was like, "What movie always makes you cry when you watch it?" And he yeah. was like, "Feel of Dreams." And I was like, and I tried thinking about the movies that always make me cry, and it's like Harry Potter. Any of them probably make me cry. Um, hmm. Persevering in a Wallflower is one that I always cry at. I don't know if you've seen that one, Ken. I haven't seen the movie yet, but the book is uh, one of my favorite books that I read over the last ten years. Absolutely, I have it on my shelf still. But for some reason, didn't get, didn't get out to see the movie. Not shocking with the way uh, I live my life with movies, as you know from Schmoes. No, but uh, there's no excuse now, so it is definitely on my yeah. list. Yeah, because I love I love 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 the book. Uh, it was like yeah, the I, book's amazing. Yeah. And- the book, the book's amazing, yeah. um, and I read the book first too. But the movie I actually like better. <laughs> um, hey, fair enough. And you know there's I, this, the, I, I, you've you, you've read the book, so you know the scene when when uh, Emma Watson gives Charlie his first kiss. Yeah. Um, I cried during that scene because it's lit in like this '90s glow. The whole movie is, hmm. and and there's this scene where she goes, where he bought her, she bought him an extra present for Secret Santa because he helped her with her SAT scores, and it's a typewriter. Because he wants to be a writer, yeah. and then it zooms in on the typewriter, and she wrote, "Write about us sometime." And then he he looks at her, and he and he looks at the typewriter, and then he slowly types, "I will," and then period, and then like she like she goes on this huge story about how like what her first kiss was like, and then and then she gives him his first kiss, and I just bawl every time I watch <laughs> it. I like. I I just can't help it. I, it's, so, it just gets to me. Are you you you're probably like me then. You're you're when it comes to movies, you're driven by your heart then, by what you like. Oh uh, yeah, there's I get crap because I'm not a big Stanley Kubrick fan. I did so much crap for it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I've never connected emotionally to any one of his films, so I just can't watch them. Well, that that's um, what I, that's what and, I mean. And I've gotten yeah, any movie that if it really. You know, the way, way back last year, Sam Rockwell's scene on top of the the huge, um, the biggest ride where he goes, and you, my friend, are going your own way. Oh, my God. <laughs> just like, it's just tears. Right. So, yeah, um, you're driven by your emotions. But, and that's what I get, too. It's not that I don't like these classic films or that I can't connect to some of them. Uh, I have some mm-hmm. friends, uh, you know, Alicia and my friend Dan Farron, who, who occasionally send me, hey, you got to watch this one. Trust me. You'll connect to it. Uh, whether or not I've actually watched those movies or not, I'm still uh, in the process. But I, I just am driven by 
driven by my emotions on that. So, yeah, a great classic film that is uh, done well and shot well and carries weight and speaks about certain themes in society at the time or universally, blah, blah, blah. If I don't connect it on any level to my heart, I'm just not interested. Yeah, it's weird for me with classic movies, though, is that for some reason I, I don't really cry during classic movies. Like the only movie I've ever, the only classic movie I've ever really cried in is, is It's a Wonderful Life sure. and, uh, and Casablanca. Um, those are the only movies I've ever really cried in classic wise. But like I've said it before, Rear Window is pro- probably my favorite movie of all time. Mm. I don't cry while I watch that movie. I smile and I laugh and I like just shove the popcorn in my face. But so you could say but, so Rear Window is your favorite movie. You can you have a great appreciation for it. And it's your favorite movie, probably from more of a technical standpoint or story standpoint. Or I mean, not that I'm separating the two. I but mean everything. Besides my aside from the fact that I that Jimmy Stewart is my favorite actor and Grace Kelly is mm-hmm. you know if I could go back time and date any actress, it'd be her. Um, see, see, guys, he's 17, and this is what he's saying. So. It's <laughs> a good. That's a good thing, Alex. By the way, I'm not making. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, I just I, I love classic movies. I I wish I could go back in time and be in that time and that sort of stuff. So yeah. Now, um, let's go back to the epics because I love epics, whether or not all of the epics mm-hmm. hit it out of the park. But um, what I consider epics, uh, you know, Star Wars, I consider Indiana Jones an epic in a way. It's, it's more of an adventure serial for sure, but it's got that epic feel. Oh, definitely. Lord of the Rings. Um, look, even I wasn't overly um, happy with the first two Hobbit movies, but you know what? The second one was better, and this third one, the trailer, at the time of this recording, the, the last week the trailer came out for the Battle of Five Armies, and I'm like, I'm on board because that looked like mm-hmm. an epic. So yeah. that's and, – and, and epics speak to us, that journey, that Joseph Campbell hero's journey type stuff that speaks to me too, speaks to that side. Yeah, I like the smaller movies and High Fidelities and Shop Girls and the things yeah. that talk about my heart or my failings with women, blah, blah, blah. But the epics are the ones that get me – rattle my sword, man. I want to get up and, and charge uh, like the writers of Rohan. So it seems like you kind of have that muscle too. And I, and I put Harry Potter in that too oh, as well. definitely. Oh, down. I mean, I, I saw Order of the Phoenix two weeks ago, and there's that scene we speak about epics and like the and the hero's journey. There's a scene when Voldemort possesses Harry's body, mm-hmm. and he's like about Harry's like about to lose, and then his friends walk into another room, and he just sees all of his friends, right? And and they they save him, and like that. Oh my god! Like like the end of the Lord of the Rings. No. My friend, we bow to you. Like, oh, no. right. <laughs> I love right. that stuff. I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, I know. I get behind it, man. It would when uh, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. When uh, Aragon's presented the, the the sword, man, and and it's you oh, know, yeah. rise up, put aside the ranger, and be who you're born to be. I'm like in the theater, going, everyone, everyone, come on, stand up. Yeah. And and it's and yeah. it's life lessons, man. And uh, uh, for me, Game of Thrones is that too. And I know Game of Thrones uh, means a lot to you too. But it's not just a TV oh, show. Definitely. It's not. It is an. It is an epic. It is an epic tale that there's so many life lessons in Game of Thrones. George R. R. Martin, uh, I, I'm ashamed of myself that I didn't start reading these when these, these first came out. I, I, I still get embarrassed, even though I have the World of Ice and Fire uh, encyclopedia mm-hmm. sitting right here. I'm fing- uh, thumbing through the pages right now, uh, ready to dive into the back. Well, you know, Ken, I'll quote one of my uh, – a guy who uh, – a musician who helped me a lot in life. He goes, it doesn't, it's not about the fans who started out. It's about the fans who last forever. There you go. So there you go. Okay, that so makes me go. feel better, Alex. See, you're making this old guy feel better. Uh, but Glad, man. <laughs> but Game of Thrones is epic, too. I, I just love getting caught up in, in, oh, yeah, those, in those stories, man. 
and uh, definitely we have we have the similar muscles, man. Uh, when you come out here, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be your Obi Wan and guide you through some of these murky waters in Hollywood, just to, because you know I know I know what abuse your heart's gonna take if you're not careful. Oh, well, <laughs> I'd gladly take the law. You know, any any movie that can make me like scoff, like oh my god, yeah. and then cry at the same time, I you, you're that's it. it. That's it. That's a good epic to me. <laughs> you're in it. I I almost don't want to ask, man, but I'm gonna ask these questions because we get into themes of romance here in the movies um, mm. out there in Iowa with your big old soul and your your heart. <laughs> are the are, are the women beating you up? What's going on out there? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't really know how to answer this one. Um, <laughs> have I had a lot of success in relationships? Um, I mean, it depends on what you gauge as success. I mean, I've had two. I've had two uh, serious relationships. One more serious than the other, and that's that's about it. <laughs> um, well, so that's about it for me. No, the girls are not flocking to my old soul. Metaf- <laughs> For constantly, oh look at me! I didn't, I didn't, I didn't shave today because I was too busy writing. They don't do that. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're, I, I they're too busy being like, yeah. oh, do you want to go to prom? Ah, with prom. me. It's like, no, I'd rather like go see a movie. Again <laughs> <laughs> with the movies. In so, the movies, no, well, no, stick okay. to it. I, Not a lot of success. Because I got, I got, I got news for you. It only gets worse. No, um, but what, you know, when you come out here, we'll stick you with Josh McCuga and Finstock and Ellis, and and they'll teach you the ropes real quick. Don't follow me around when it comes to that. But I just know it, it, your your time will come, and not that you haven't had uh, you know fun already or opened up your heart already to to someone. But yeah, it, it, you know, you sound so slimmer, similar to me that uh, hearts like us are sometimes not built for love. Uh, we're, we're, we're too yeah, big yeah. Or, or we're too feeling. Um, so stick to those epics until the time is right. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite songs lyrics is Love Never Wanted Me, but, but I Took It Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's probably... <laughs> I can't... Yeah. Try, I, I can't wait till you're out here, Alex. I really can't. Uh, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find me in the Junlin Waste, and I'll be going. Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time, a long time. <laughs> uh, and I will I be. Can't wait, man. I will be your mentor here. Um, so, w- when it comes to your writing, how do you approach the actual nuts and bolts of writing? What's your approach? What's your work ethic? There, we got uh, people out there listening who uh, maybe are trying to write themselves, or they do write, or they've been successful at writing. Everyone's got different ways of approaching writing, screenwriting, um, tele telewriting, teleplay writing. What do you? How do you approach it? I mean, um, when it comes to stuff for the website, it's pretty easy for me. Um, I see the news, I think about my opinion on it, and then I just jot it down. Sure. Uh, um, the news has never really been hard for me. Um, when it comes to like original stuff, screenplays and that sort of stuff, I, it's funny. I used, to, I'm, I'm a big music guy too. Like, music, yeah. like when I, when I was in high school and I, you know, would get pushed against a wall or get, or get called gay because a girl would break up with me, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I would just put my headphones in and try, and even if they would rip them out of my ears, I just put them back in. Mm. Um, so I would I would always just listen to music, and so I started out. With, the time I really started writing was when I, I started writing song lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> hey man, that's, that's when I thought. That's what I had somewhere buried in one of my storage areas is a giant bulk of like three hundred songs I've written. I will never let yeah. it see the light of day, but that's how I started to. Yeah, back when I thought I could I could teach myself how to sing and play guitar. Ooh. I can do that later. I wanted to be yeah. George Harrison no. and Liam Gallagher, Noel Gallagher, like no one else. Oh man, I do. I hear you. And then I finally 
came to me where I was like, I can't do this. I, I don't have the patience to play to learn how to play guitar. I don't have that sort of stuff. And I most definitely cannot sing. Um, so so I, I started just eventually I started just writing down any thought that would come into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could see the notes on my iPod and my iPhone, you would probably your mouth would probably drop. There's there, it's it's about as long as a book. Um, and then I started writing books, mm. um, started doing that sort of stuff, and and that that helped me, and also did not help mm. me because in books you can be very grandiose and very metaphorical yeah. and get away with it. But then when you transition from novel writing to screenwriting, it's different. Um, you need to write how people talk. When you write, when you write for screenwriting, so I always just say, "I'll write it how I think it mm. first. Um, and I, I probably break the one rule that you're not supposed to break when you write. I go back and revise while I'm writing. I don't care. Um, I actually yeah. kind of need to because otherwise I lose my way. I'm like, where am I? And then I have to go back and revisit where I am so far. So I, I don't outline. I don't do any of that sort of stuff. I just write when oh, I can write I and. Dead, dive in yeah. yeah i just dive in you know and, and i only write stuff that's personal to me and stuff that i can uh, relate to and mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah I, you know some a lot of times when that's, I write, that's how i approach writing yeah a lot of times when i when i'm hitting the the screenplays yeah it's um definitely I, I sometimes i do outline extensively sometimes i do dive in i find that when you outline i get it done better uh, I always make sure I get the shit draft out of the way. The first draft, you just barf it up as best you can. You don't look back. Uh, but along the way, yeah, it, it's helpful to yeah. maybe go back t- t- five, ten pages. You know, if I if say I haven't written for a while, like I'm and I'm in a writing slump right now. I've been so busy with the, the Schmoes podcast and everything. Um, but I hear if, you. you know, I'll pull up a I'll pull up a script. And I'm like, all right, let's read the. I'm at page sixteen, but let me read the first fifteen. And a lot of times on page ten, like, oh, let's change this, let's change that. You might get yourself out of. Uh, a hole that you're going to write yourself in, or a corner yeah. that you're going to hit into, or uh, or, I'll, or I'll watch a movie, or I'll or I'll watch one of my old favorites, or I'll watch a new movie that I'll know I'll like, and that will get me being like, like I had been in a rut for a long time, and then I rewatched Five Hundred Days of Summer, um, right. and I wrote like twenty pages that night. Um, I've been working on the first draft of the screenplay I'm working on right now since July. Yeah, um, actually. I started writing it when I was in California. Um, mm. So, yeah. California. Um, well, and here's the thing, too, and a lesson for that I learned late um, that was told to me years ago. I only recently really let, let it sink in is that uh, a friend of mine's brother told me in a car one night because I was uh, he knew I was very antisocial and struggled and and really was just like oh, I gotta stay in my room and write. And he's like, well, you kind of you really kind of need to write both sides of the page. Yeah. I mean, you got to go out and live too, and experience a lot of this stuff to go be able to write about it too. And um, it doesn't mean it, it, that can happen at any age too. At, at seventeen, you got experiences to talk yeah. about, uh, especially you said some stuff you went through. So yeah, but, but yeah, you, so there's a balance between going out and living and getting getting hurt and kind of enjoying life and having something to write about, and then the actual discipline of sitting down and writing, which is just as important, if not more. Yeah, you know, you've mentioned you've mentioned that our hearts are not uh, destined for uh, continued happiness for long. Um, <laughs> there's the, one of my one of my favorite, uh, and I'm not a big poetry guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have like a favorite poet or anything like that. But one of my favorite poets, I guess, living right now is this guy from Minneapolis. His name's Neil Hillborn, mm-hmm. and most people probably know 
poem because like one of his poems went viral last year it was like the ocd poem mm-hmm. but he has this he has this uh, poem he does called audiobook and it's and it goes Welcome to audiobook, how to ruin your life and become more interesting. Page one. Um, and like he does all this sort of stuff yeah. where it's like, it's like become more isolated, become all this sort of stuff, <laughs> fall in love with someone, then fall in love with someone else. Um, right. And like all that sort of stuff. And, and it's like, it's all this, it's like making fun of the process of it, but it's also being like, but this is how it works too. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's great. Um, if anybody hasn't, hasn't, I mean, the best advice I can give for people who want to, want to screenwrite is just read a lot and watch a lot of movies and watch yeah. things that inspire you. Definitely. That's um, don't go read a textbook on how to write. That's the, that's the worst thing you can do in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, look, there's, I, I believe, uh, you know, I believe in Save the Cat. I believe in uh, Your Screenplay Sucks, which is a great book. And uh, I mentioned uh, writing for movies for fun and profit. Uh, and, I you know, I grew up, uh, you know, Sid Field was the first book I was handed in How to Learn Format. And I think there's something to be taken from those books on how to better your writing. Yeah. But to actually start and learn, yeah, get the format down, but just start writing. Just kind of roll up your sleeves and get in there. You can only and write get, as much as you can because yeah. you'll see yourself get better. You can only get better from writing. Well, my my art teacher in high school, Mr. Olachek, John Olachek, a mentor of mine back then, um, kind of the same funny – I'm thinking of it now. just hit me. He was the same age as I am now as as you are as I was then. So it's kind of a weird role how <laughs> things change. But Olachek would tell me, man, he goes, you, you just have to write. You just have to do it. And that that translates to everything else too, and to stand up and uh, all the other things I've tried, and and all the things out there people want to do, or want to try. You just have to get up and do it, and get outside yourself, oh, outside your comfort zone and your fears, and just and then approach it professionally. And that's the difference. And when you're out here, Alex, I'm gonna grab you by the scruff of your neck, and I'm gonna make sure you do this in a professional, disciplined work ethic kind of <laughs> man. And I think you already have that, but I'm definitely gonna make sure you. Uh, you 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 got it, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, be prodding, you, poking and prodding you along with my uh, Obi Wan mentor lightsaber kit. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Uh, technology. My my Skype dropped off mid sentence. Uh, my fault, uh, Alex. I apologize. But you were just uh, telling a story about uh, your, your graduation or your mom's graduation gift. Yeah. To, to your my, yeah. This proves just how cool my mom is. Um, my brother graduated, and she gave him a card, and it was Star Wars. Uh, and it was Obi Wan saying from the movies, "You're about to enter into a whole new part of your life. May the Force be with you always." That's <laughs> still like the, my, like one of the favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. Valuable. I mean, I. It's Obi Wan's probably one, Valuable one of my favorite lessons. characters, if not, not my favorite. Well, Alex, it, it, is, uh, it has definitely been uh, great to get to uh, talk yes. to you here, here yes, for 45 minutes to find out, to look at life through the eyes of myself uh, 18 years ago. It's, it's, it's uh, or more, actually. Uh, and you've got so much potential and, uh, and so much ahead of you, too. Uh, I'm so excited to see what happens in your career and that we've got a chance to kind of start that here with uh, your work with Schmoes now. And it's only going to get better from there. And I can't wait to see some stuff you shoot and you write and you create. We just got to get you out here, right? Exactly. I'm counting down the days, sir. I'm counting down the days. Outstanding. Where can they find you on the Twitter machine you kids are using these days? <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at NeverSayDie97. And you know why. Because Junies never say die. Mm, I don't know why, but okay. Oh, oh Ken. <laughs> 
I still have that problem. Uh, all right. And of course, you can oh, find. Uh, find... I, I'm surprised that's one of the movies you didn't see from the '80s. I, I actually have seen Goonies. I saw it as a child, and it didn't resonate with me. And I never have seen it again. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Need to revisit that one, man. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I did see that one. I did see it. I remember some ugly guy and a pirate ship. I don't have many memories other than that. Um, and that made maybe I'm thinking of Time Bandits. Um, but uh, we can also find your work still currently on schmozno.com. You writing for any, anywhere else yet or just, just uh, schmoes for now? Just schmoes for now. And then you can find my podcast that we already mentioned, Cinema Minds Movie Podcast on Facebook. Cinema Minds Movie Podcast. I don't have a new episode this week. Changing the format of the show up a little bit. And Ken was actually the first episode. So, yeah, yeah there you go. Go look for that. Yeah, you can look for that. And are uh, you and Georgie going to do Night's Watch this year or do the Game of Thrones? <sighs> We we are yeah we're going through this upcoming season, but just because he's been working so much lately yeah. and everything, we haven't been able to do it since like July. Um, so fine. yeah, but we're gonna be we're gonna be doing it for the new season and everything, and yeah. hopefully after that too. So just, things will be different next year. So just do it during the seasons, of course. Absolutely, that's a good way. I'll be doing some Game of Thrones stuff this year as well. So uh, you can also find the Napsock files. You can find me on Twitter, I should say, at Ken Napsock, and uh, the other stuff I do at Schmozno and at Jedi Alliance SK for the Jedi Alliance podcast that I do with Maud Garrett on the Schmozno Network. Of course, you can find the Napsock files on Facebook, like us there, and join the conversation, and you can find. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, do us a favor of subscribing, rating, and reviewing. So, Alex, maybe the next time you're on the show, you'll be live and in studio. What do you think about that? Oh, man. I hope so. <laughs> of course, then again, maybe, me back. Yeah, maybe we'll get you on before then, too. Uh, so we'll do that. But it has been a pleasure. Thank you, sir, for not only uh, coming on the show, but teaching this old dog a new trick on how to do a show over Skype. I appreciate that. No great. problem, sir. Appreciate that, Grace. Uh, yeah. So, uh, for Alex's again, this is an Appsock Files. We'll see you next time.